Uh, what's going on, guys? Hope you're all staying safe and keeping active. We are back with another episode of the Athletics Productions podcast, which is available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Victor, and special guest, James Ellington. James, how's things going for you, man? Hello, hello. Yeah, things are going okay, man. Things are going okay. I'm just uh, in the same boat as pretty much everyone else at the moment, so... Okay, cool. Where are you at? Where uh, whereabouts are you at the moment? Are you in the UK or are you training overseas? So I'm currently over in Dubai. Um, mm-hmm. I've been back and forward between here and the UK for the past nine, ten months. Um, but obviously, with flight restrictions and all the rest of it now, I'm pretty much stuck here until <laughs> until they ease up. Okay. So, I, so are you able to train while you're in Dubai? Obviously, because of the streets and rules. Yeah, I mean, not really. I've been kind of keeping myself fit with circuits and stuff in my house, um, in the place I'm staying. And uh, I started to go to the park for the last week. One of the parks had just opened up, so I've been doing a few kind of um, a few tempo sessions on like a soft track they have down there. So that's 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 about as much as I can do at the moment. Most of the gyms are still closed as well. So yeah. So a lot of bodyweight exercises and exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you at least have resistance bands? Or, or yeah, I do, I do, a... I do. I do. I, I don't really use them, but still, <laughs> but yeah, I've got them. So it's a lot of um, body work, body, body, body weight stuff, and prehab, prehab conditioning stuff. All right, cool. So, I mean, firstly, I just want to go back and then let's come forward. So let's start off how you even came into the sport in the first place. Mm. Mm. So where did uh, it all start for you, man? So it started for me as a. I mean, I've always loved athletics as a youngster, even from the age of three, four, something just attracted me to athletics when I used to see it on TV. Um, and obviously the usual pathway, we go through school, you're the fastest in the class, and then you, you wait for your sports days and and so on and so forth. Um, but it wasn't until, I think I was about 12, 13, I started going to my local club, which was like, a, which was, it was, where was it? Ladywell. Ladywell started training in Lewisham. And then I moved up to uh, Crystal Palace and I was just doing kind of club athletics for a few years. But it was more, it was more my mum kind of keeping me occupied. Um, so I didn't really get into trouble and stuff. And um, yeah, and then when I did start winning things, as like a under 15 and I started to enjoy it because obviously every kid likes to win. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that and that's what kind of kept, that kept, that kept me in touch with athletics. But it wasn't until really... I'd say I was 26 years old after the first Olympics 2012 that I went to that I actually started training full-time. A lot of people don't know this, but up until 2012, I only trained three days a week. So, Seriously? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So you managed so to achieve everything that you've done with just training three days a week and you've got the youngsters out here that yeah. are killing themselves to train four or five days a week. Exactly, exactly. So that was it. I mean, I, I, I did and I didn't really know much better. Um, I think kind of, I think the coach I was with at the time, he wasn't—he didn't really understand kind of what it took to get to that sort of level and sustain it. So I mean, I was flirting with not yeah world class kind of times, but because I was only training three days a week, it wasn't something yeah. that was really kind of it was sporadic. I was up and down, do you know what I'm saying? Um, and it was after I kind of bummed out in the heats in the Olympics in 2012 that actually I, I sat down with some people and. I was like, they, they was like, they couldn't believe it. They was like, you train three days a week. I was like, I swear down, I train three days a week. They was like, listen, we need to get you into a proper program. And that's when I moved up to Loughborough and started training with a guy called Rainer Ryder at the time. And then my career kind of started building from there. 
So did you, were you playing other sports or were you just like, just athletics, just every now and then, like three days a week? Yeah, I mean, at the time, yeah, when I was kind of from, I'd say 2011 was my first year um, on the team. 2010, it should have been, but I tore my hamstring nine centimetres that year. Um, but um, it was kind of up until the age of 16, I was doing um, rugby as well. So I played rugby a bit. Um, which was I enjoyed and I was good at it, but I kind of wanted to be in a sport that actually I decided my own fate. Um, so yeah, once I, once I was doing athletics, there was no no other really sp- other sport that I was really kind of involved in. Well, we we had a look at some of your you know times from your first four seasons in athletics, and I think you raced every you raced three times in a year in a season or four so, times in a season. Remember thinking, you know, right, I want to just do national championships, maybe Bedford Games and a couple others, that's about it. <laughs> so. To be fair, Crystal Palace was, was a place everyone used, wasn't it? Like Crystal Palace, yeah, Birmingham, yeah. it was one of the places for English schools and stuff. So yeah, you must yeah, have been I mean, excited Palace, seeing that. Yeah, Palace was a hub for you. Like you had a lot of good youngsters coming from South London, especially through Crystal Palace and kind of like the club coaches there. Um, and then obviously back then we'd have the, the Grand Prix, the uh, Crystal Palace Grand Prix, when you'd have all the superstars come over and compete, yeah. which was, I mean, I remember from the age of 15 to about 15 to about 18, I was always sneaking in to, to watch it. <laughs> and then I remember, I think it was, how old was I? I think I was 19 when I first competed there in a guest race. But it was always a dream of mine to compete there. So. so being that you trained there from time to time, is that how you learned where you could sneak in? Yeah, no, I had that thing on Smash. I knew all the little kind of hang 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 drop locations where you can get into the stadium. <laughs> and, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I back then I didn't have money to be kind of buying a ticket for that like, X amount. So I just had to get my get my way in. So speaking on mon- on the money side of things, like mm. with everything that you know goes on in athletics with sponsorships and mm. having to some people having to fund themselves to get by in this sport. How are you doing with being overseas at the moment and, you know, mm. just everything that's happened in the last few years with you? Mm. Um, I mean, with the state of athletics anyway, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's not one, one shoe fits always. Everyone's kind of in different boats um, with regards to kind of what they earn. And if you do know anything kind of about athletics, it's a tough sport to earn good money but then saying that if you can get to the top top and you can get in the right races or win medals and you can earn a decent living um, but again it's so kind of it's so pressured because you have to perform constantly year in year out you could have an amazing contract and then get injured or have a car crash and then then it all goes out the window do you know what I'm saying yeah. um, currently for me obviously like I mean my athletics was my job so for me right now is it's pretty tough I mean I, I do get by with other bits and pieces and um, events and speaking events and the rest of it but because I was a full time athlete it was kind of I relied on my my funding and sponsorships um, and saying that as well kind of because the, the year that I crashed I mean the year previous to that it was the first year that I actually focused on 100 metres and I was doing some I ran like 6 PBs that year and I was like right mm. at least I found my event more, now after you were more of a two yeah. guy to begin with innit yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, I went to World Juniors in 2004 for the 100. 
And that was yeah. kind of my, 100 was my event. And then because I broke through onto the senior team in the 200s, I was kind of stuck to it because I was like, oh, you know what, maybe it's my event, but it never really was. Um, and I think I showed that in 2016. So going into 2017, I was super excited. I was like, yeah, I know what I can do. And I want to do a lot of damage this year. And I had a lot of things, a lot of deals and stuff on the table um, yeah. going into 2017 that I was going to sign. And then obviously once I crashed, that all gets swept away. So, <laughs> and I'm not saying I do that's it for bad. the money because I, because you do it for the love of the sport. That's what I, that's what mm. you do it for first. But it is a nice incentive. It's a nice reward and bonus to be able to do what you love and be able to make a decent. At the end of the day, it's it's your job, isn't it? Like mm. if you go if you go to work as many times as you, as athletes do, which is basically train, you mm. would want something back because you guys are not working like everyone else you know a lot of, of you are not yeah. going to nine to four so mm -hmm. that's your only way of income then mm -hmm. when it's taken away from you you know it can't change mm -hmm. your life but a lot of us has been we've all been inspired by what you've been doing on instagram like i remember oh, the first thanks. time yeah. i i followed you on instagram and i think you posted a video about this was like a few months after your accident mm. but then you were like I couldn't walk or like people say I couldn't walk and now look what I'm doing but you were lifting some nice weights mm. maybe not what you were lifting before but mm. you were lifting probably more than I can yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you know I got inspired by that as well as a lot mm. of my friends did like I'm only 24 so mm. seeing that sort of encouraged a lot of us to keep on training you know if you have mm. the de determination in you it mm. can drive you further up and it's yeah. and for instance now this year you can I think you can say to yourself you have moved mm. ladders you know you've mm. broken barriers that probably mm. no one expected you to break mm. and mm. how is that for you like talking to other people about your situation and then mm. how do you feel you know when you talk mm. about it you know is it a sore subject for you or do you mm. get inspired you know by when, when you talk about it and what people say. Mm. Um, well, I mean, firstly, appreciate it, following me and stuff. Um, I think for me, kind of, it's all about, your, obviously, you hear this all the time, it's all about your mindset, but it literally is all about your mindset. Um, and kind of, I, people that know me within a sport know that I've always kind of been pretty outspoken. I've always been an open book. Um, so when I did have the accident and obviously kind of documenting my steps, through my recovery and putting on social media and all the rest of it. I actually didn't do that for, I didn't do it for any sort of kind of recognition or anything like that. Or I weren't, I weren't purposely going out there to go, well, I want to put this on because it's going to inspire people because I was documenting my training before that. Right. So to me, it's just like a bit of a training diary. Um, but obviously with the responses that I had from it, it was amazing because I, I didn't set out to do it for that reason. And then the amount of messages I was getting saying that it's basically the same things that you just said, um, it touched me, man, because I was like, "Raw, okay, cool. Uh, this is helping other people as well, and kind of motivating people, which is that's a that's a good that's a good thing." Um, yeah. In regards to kind of speaking about the accident and stuff, um, I enjoy speaking about it. Like I said, I'm, I've always been an open book, and a lot of people have always said, "Oh, you've been very open with your accident and kind of showing yourself so vulnerable on your, your videos and all the rest of it." Um, and to me, it's not really. That's just how I've always been anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't really front or hide stuff. I just kind of put it out there. Um, on, the one, on the other hand, I'm a very private person. I don't have my private life. But 
yeah. my social media, if you see it, it's all like, it's all my athletics, it's all my road to recovery. Every now and again, you might see some stupid video of me flipping, <laughs> taking a picture of a sunset or something stupid. <laughs> other than that, it's, it's pretty much an athletics-based. Um, Listen, man, so nothing wrong with a sunset. Yeah, nothing wrong with a sunset. Exactly. I mean, exactly. how how has that shaped you as a person and, and in taking... I, I assume like more cautious steps towards like things that you do on a, like you would do on a normal day-to-day basis mm. that mm. you probably can still do just not to the same extent mm. and mm. bearing in mind that you're trying to like, we are back in the sport, but you're trying to still yeah. get back to that level that you left it at, at 2017. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because obviously most athletes mentality is kind of we push ourselves to the limits and we kind of really put ourselves to the ground in terms of training. So it's, you have to be aware and have the balance of knowing that, especially kind of going back a year and a half, two years ago as well. Mm. But actually, my body isn't going to be capable of what I was doing before at this point in time. So you need to be aware because you don't want to mess yourself up again or hurt yourself even more, um, which has been a balancing act. Um, but again, it kind of, I've always said to people that you've got to try and take the positives out of every, every single situation. So kind of going through this process back to where I am now, I focused more on kind of things that you wouldn't even focus on when you're healthy and not injured, like yeah. small stabilization muscles, um, all sorts of things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's, it's given me time to focus on the things that I wouldn't have focused on before. One second. Can I just, I'll open the door for one second? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah that's cool. of course you, you can. No problem, man. Uh-huh. One second. All right. <laughs> You can either edit this out or keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. This you is real life. Cool. Cheers. Thank you. Right, Sorry about that. Yeah, so kind of, you've got to be aware of what you're doing. and Because um, my mind's still the same as it was before I got injured. Um, mm. But obviously my body isn't. And I'm still dealing with kind of niggles and pains and stuff. So, yeah. At this point in time, what sessions do you find the most challenging? Is there any um, particular session that you find challenging? Yeah, you know what it is? It's probably, it's probably the running, to be honest with you. I think because I'm, I mean, gym-wise, I can pretty much do similar, yeah, pretty much do the same thing as things I was doing before. Um, obviously with a, a little bit less intensity. Yeah. But actually, when it comes to the running, because my pelvis, because I broke my pelvis and pulled my pelvis apart, and it's obviously got plates in it now, and it's got a nail that snapped and all that, which I didn't even take out. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll go to the track and do a run, and sometimes mm-hmm. it hurts, or sometimes it doesn't, or it doesn't hurt, and I thought, oh, yeah, you know what, this, is, this feels like it was before. Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Um, yeah, and... So, um, yeah, now I might do something and then the next day I'm in bits, like my, my hips flared up and I'm just like, oh my God. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's tough, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tough person. So if there's any chance physically that I'll get back on the track, I'll be on the track. All right. So like, so you said like you're in pain, like after some sessions, mm. are you back to doing like three days a week or do you just tailor that training for the next day? So it's something that you can handle. Oh uh, yeah, I've kind of just had to adapt it as I've gone, gone along. Um, saying that, it's, it's it's frustrating because literally, I had, a, I had an injection into my um, into my hip about two weeks before the lockdown happened, 
and it helped a lot, right? So I was like, right, boom. And then I, it was, I, I managed to get my first week with back-to-back sessions. I got three, four sessions out of that week, track sessions, tempos on four twos. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm, here we go now. And then yeah. lockdown happened and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so now I've just got to kind of, I've got to kind of wait now and I'm feeling okay, but see what happens once the lockdown's over if I can uh, get back into it. You know what I'm saying? Do you, do you miss doing, um, what session was it? 10 flat twos? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, stupid, ridiculous. Because I remember you talking about that and I was just thinking, just one would be so hard, especially like at your speed and level as well. That would be so hard to do for the likes of me. And I was just like, that's insane. Like, what session yeah. do you miss the most then? Like, or what do you enjoy doing now? Do you enjoy the temple stuff? I currently, I enjoy the temple stuff. So yeah. what do you currently enjoy now? Um, currently at the moment, I just enjoy being able to, being able to do temple. Because <laughs> it's like an achievement. But when I was fit and healthy, um, what would be my favorite session? I'd say maybe like a 150, 120 down, or even like kind of in the season when you do like a time trial 300. I enjoy those sessions. That's, that's interesting because out of all the, the faster athletes that we've um, done, and I say that because we've had a jumper on there as well, um, mm. they've always said, oh, it's like block work. It's, it's the the fly mm. 30s and stuff like that and you're the only person that's gonna said like a 150 or a time trial 300 so interesting. Yeah. do you know what do you know what because when you when you can when you when you can slap down a proper fast 300 or 150 yeah. you know you know you're in shape yeah with blocks and stuff i, I mean i don't yeah i don't really enjoy blocks but with blocks and flying 30s and stuff yeah you can kind of you get a glimpse but it's not there's so many people out there that can get out of the blocks to 20 and then suddenly think they're in 9-9 shape and then go around 10 yeah. Or there's people yeah. that can run, run a couple of fast flying 30s and they think, yeah. Whereas if I go and drop a 32 low in a 300, I know I'm ready to roll. But if I drop a 15 zero, 15 dead 150, I know I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? So that's, what, that's, that's probably that why sense. I enjoy those sessions. Yeah. Why do you like block work? Say that again? I heard you say you don't like block work and for a sprinter that's, yeah, that, again that's interesting yeah. why don't you like block work that's like part of your bread and butter no? Yeah because you know what because I, I think my start's always been so inconsistent um, and obviously I, uh, I've worked on it but because I've because I've always kind of done the twos before mm-hmm. this, is, this isn't like this isn't something a professional athlete should say but like I said I'm honest I've not really kind of focused on it and for some reason when I'm on the bend I've always been able to get out of the blocks not a problem but I don't know if you but every time I've been in a two, you see me blast a bend. I come out of the blocks. Yeah. But then you put me a hundred, then it's like 50-50. So I don't know if that's psychological, psychological or what, but um, I started, this, this is, these are one of the things I started to really work on going in 2017. I started yeah. nailing some block session. I was like, woo, people are going to be in trouble. But yeah, <laughs> good nothing. I mean, you know, like with most sports, it is, it is all mental. Mm. Like it is a mental thing, but I, I know a few athletes as well who say, oh, when I do the 100, my start, it's not the same, but then I go do the two. And mm. you would never believe that it's the same person. So mm. I don't know, maybe it's like generally a thing or it's, mm. it's just one of those, like it's one of those days. Sorry, mm. I've got the, I'm sitting in a place where I'm trying to avoid the sun. So if I move around, just don't worry. Um, but yeah, like, 
I think I think it's interesting to know that like as sprinters, you you have that that drop in between your performances where you can have a great hundred and a semi okay two hundred or a great two hundred start and then the hundred it's not as great because mm. mm. that must kind of play with you mentally as well because like why can't mm. I transfer this to this? Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, number one, I think definitely definitely I think it's psycholog- psychological because. I think when you're doing the 200, you're, you're aware that you don't really have to get out of the blocks as good as you might mm. in 100. So maybe you're more relaxed. And then maybe because you're more relaxed, therefore you get out every time in the 200. Whereas in 100, obviously, you're aware that, right, it's not, not a be and end of, but you need to set your race up correctly. Um, so by saying that, I mean, it was 50-50 sometimes. Like if I set my race up nice, boom, like I'd, I'd get out and I'd... And I knew that if I was with anybody to 10, 20 metres, then I'm, I'm in a good position because I'm not known as being a star. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely psychological. Um, and it, uh, it didn't really play on my mind. I was just aware of it. But it's, these are the things yeah. that I was trying to achieve going into 2017. Is uh, there a particular training partner that you've had in the past that's made, that's mm. made you say, right, okay, cool. I'm with them, so I know, I'm, I know it's getting better. Um, nobody in particular. It's kind of like you know who can start and they get like, for example, like every year we'd go to um, South Africa in January. From, yeah. I'd say probably from from two thousand and thirteen up until two thousand and sixteen, whatever. And then it started becoming sorry, itinerary. But in January, I'd do block sessions with somebody like I don't know, for example, Harry or something like that, right? Mm. And they would normally kill me. In Jan- for some reason, in January, my body just isn't firing. So I'd be fit and conditioned and shape, and I could run longer stuff. But they literally destroy me to that. We do thirty meter block sessions, and I'd be five meters back. But it's, I, I always expected it because I knew come yeah. season, once the spring starts, something just changed in me, and I'd I'd be able to compete. Um, but this January, I mean, not this January. January, I crashed in Tenerife that year. I was actually getting out of the blocks with a couple of people known starters um, yeah. and I was like right if I'm getting out of blocks with these guys now in January when I know I'm never firing in January and I haven't really kind of changed too much I've just focused more on kind of the blocks and the emphasis of being a 100 metre runner and what's going to happen in the spring so that's kind of how I gauged myself and yeah there was nobody in particular I just knew that if I could keep up with certain people I'd be nice does that relate to, um, you know, obviously some people being sprint, um, being indoor runners? Because mm. I, I know, I remember like, I never used to like indoors. For some Jeez. reason, I just never liked indoors. Could that be yeah. something like, did you like indoors or was it just like do, do, outdoor do you know summer? What? That's my thing. I, lo- I loved indoors, yeah. And I, I was very successful as a junior indoors. I've got quite a few national titles and stuff indoors over 60 under two but as a senior athlete I knew that the indoors didn't really mean nothing you, know, you could you could win a indoor European or world indoor medal or whatever the case may be and you you could get a good contract and make good money but it, it doesn't necessarily translate to outdoors and once the outdoor season starts people forget about the indoors so my thing was I mean my my 60 meter PBs in that class I think it's 667 or something my PB is but if you knew why I ran six six seven, then it was you'd understand why. Because when I do the odd indoor race, whether it was even the trials or whether it was just a one off race in indoors, I never ever ever tapered or trained for it. So I'd stay in my winter program, and then I'd use it as just kind of a tester to see where I was at. Right. Mm. So 
a lot of people would go there, they'd run fast, great for them. And sometimes we translate outdoors as well. Um, but I'd never go there and come back disheartened because I'd be like, right, if I'm running 6'6 six, six now and I know I'm still doing 300s and 250s and I'm not a star, I'm in good shape. So I always invested and didn't want to cut out those four or five weeks of training. I'd be thinking about the outdoor season, the bigger picture. Did you ever get your coach telling you that or was that an intrinsic thing? Did you think that yourself? Because some people might be waiting for, you know, your coach to tell you, oh yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in better shape for the outdoors or you're prepping for this. Or did you always just think, nah, I prefer the outdoors. I like the outdoors. The indoor is just what it is. Yeah, I just, I just knew there was more rewards for outdoors. I didn't want to... I didn't want to risk kind of missing a big block of my training. Um, as much as I love to do the indoors, it was just for me, the outdoors was way more important. So I was fortunate, you know what? I'll, I'll test, test the water, see what shape I'm in, but I'm not going to take anything from it. I just want to see where I'm at. That's, that was, and it's kind of like, yeah, I would have liked to have competed indoors, but it weren't worth me getting outdoors and thinking, oh, you know what? If I didn't cut this training, maybe I would have. Done this, do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, run six five. That means I'm gonna run nine nine. Easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> don't be, yeah. Don't mean don't mean anything, man. Don't mean anything. I mean, I got I got a question. Like mm. based off of how things were going for you, first race yeah. back, you ran a ten nine. What did that mm. mean to you? Um, meant a lot, man. It meant kind of it was just an, it was another milestone in my journey back. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't the time, though. It was just more of just being able to finish a race. I mean, that year, yeah. <clears throat> I, was, I was literally anything you saw on my social media was what I did. No more. Yeah. I was, uh, and I going into that race, I was in bits. I couldn't, I could hardly warm up. My hip felt, felt like it was just going to rip off my thin body. Um, and I was, at one point, I was thinking to myself, I don't even know if I'm going to make, don't even know if I'm going to make the start line. So for me, I was just like, right, I was in so much pain walking out. I was, I was injured walking out to the race. I was like limping. I was thinking, Jesus. But I was trying to hide it. Mm. And then once the adrenaline, like standing in front of the crowd and all the rest of it, I thought, oh, maybe I'm all right. <laughs> until, I done, like, <laughs> until, until I did like three steps out of the blocks and then I could feel it like wanting to pull off. And I was like, oh my God. So I just kind of went through the motions. And for me, it was just, yeah, it was... It meant a lot. It was it was just a milestone in the journey coming back with people said I wouldn't be able to run again. So that's what it meant for me. I weren't worried about the time and all that. That's class. See, that that's that's one of the things that I love about determination because mm. everyone's there saying, Oh, he's never gonna run again, he's never gonna do this, he's gonna he's not gonna do it, and you're out here proving them wrong. And I think mm. for a lot of the young athletes coming through as well, and you know, you get a lot of teachers who will say, Oh, you're never gonna be anything, you're never gonna do this, you're never gonna do that. They can just look yeah. at it and say, well, right, he was in a motorbike accident and he's come back and he's, he's still doing it and he's, he's mm. pushing through and, he, and he's getting back to where he used to be. So mm. for any young athletes that are, are looking at this at the moment, like, mm. just know everything's possible. Anything yeah, is possible. Yeah, trust me. 100%. 100%. I don't know if, you, if you're willing to speak on this. Obviously, we can cut this out at some point mm. um, if it's not okay. Um, what's your relationship like with Nigel now since mm. um, since the accident? Um, to be honest, we yeah, we've just kind of gone our own ways, man. I don't know. I don't. I'm not too sure if he's still in the school or not. Um, but yeah, I haven't really. To be honest, I haven't heard from most of the training group because obviously I'm not with Olympus group now anyway. Yeah. Um, Are you training by yourself? At the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I'm still cool with Linford. I still chat to him all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what they, I, don't, I don't know what the other people are doing. So right now, I think everyone's on a different path. And my path is to try and get back into the sport like the, the best way possible. So. What was, yeah, on a on a more positive note, um, what was it like when it, when you ran a four by um, four by one gold? You know, and I think did you win the Euros as well, or was it the Commonwealth? Yeah, no, oh, you know we won Euros, won Euros twice, and then we got silver at the uh, Commonwealth. Commonwealth, um, yeah. What was that like for you? Um, you know, working so hard and going out there and doing your thing. You know, mm. training with that group as well for such a long mm. period of time. Yeah, I mean, uh, relay is my favorite event. Uh, if I'm being honest, like, I love the relay because you get to experience. If you're successful, you get to experience it with your team members, um, and it's kind of it's more fun. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot more pressure on the individual events. I know, I know, we're kind of we've turned into this relay culture now, where everyone's putting so much pressure in the relays, and we're doing really well. To be honest, which is a good thing, but. I think there is uh, something to enjoy. It's kind of it used to be back in the day something you do at the end of a competition, and it's like a bonus. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But yeah, I miss the I miss the relays. I remember the days. I miss all that. Yeah, trust me, man. But nah, like reach athletics and that's so flipping hard on really They're scared, man. Like it's 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 like a safer option. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you got like youngsters like OJ, who was the British champion, who he's not funded. You got people like James DeSolo in 2016, who was a British champion, who is not funded, and that's because they won't dance along to the hymn sheet of right. You need to conform to the relays and do this, otherwise you're not getting funded because they're scared. Because you're, you're, you're taking a safe option, but athletics isn't about taking the safe options, mate. You got to go out there what you believe in and compete. And actually, if you get a, more of a competitive culture like the states, for example, like the states don't ramp. You go to the trials. If you're not top three, we don't care who you are. You're not on the team. <laughs> yeah. And what that does, what that does that, yeah, that that keeps that keeps their team evolving. It keeps them solid because people that make the team are have to be on point. They they, they can't sit back and be comfortable. And the relay for them is just a joke thing. It's like right, we do that at the end of our main events, yeah, and they still do well, right? So, mm, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? That that breeds more success, really, long term. That obviously we've done well in the relays, but. They're so scared to fund an individual because they don't they don't have the belief they they don't have the belief in their own athletes individually. What are you there for, mate? It's madness. Yeah, because you have to support. But could you be a finger of comparison? You know, trying to compare yourself to bigger countries in a way because the US is a massive country. They've got bigger pull. Mm. Could they be mm. trying to compare themselves to oh US every Olympics get this many medals? We mm. don't. You know, we are, have we ever got top three? You know, we're never I mean, like really up there. Do you know, do, do you know what? One, number one, you can't compare yourself because like you said, America is a big country and there's way more people, right? Um, number two, we've got the same gene pool. We've got, we've, we've got just as much talent sprint-wise as the States, yeah? If, if, we've probably got more actually if you go to ratio to numbers of people. Look how many young sprinters we've got right now that can run sub-10, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's just, it's, some, it's a coward's mentality, man. Like you can't, how do you expect individuals to 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 evolve and become gold medalists if you want number one and support them I'm not saying they need the support to make it to the top but it does help a little bit more if you've got the support especially from your own governing body you're supposed to be supporting that um, yeah there's just so many things I could say about it it's just a joke man 
Because even if you, if you look at it, if you look at it in the way of, um, if young youngsters are looking at, you know, the likes of everyone that has been to the Olympics, that have been to the international comps, and, they have, mm. and they're going like, fam, I saw you, you know, you're not even driving this car or what, you know, people see it that way. People see it as a luxury lifestyle when they see you on TV. But that's what, mm. that's what they assume anyway. But a lot of athletes are not in that situation. A lot yeah, of people who have no sponsor, you're not in that situation. You're having to deal with that yourself. So right. how are we meant to, how are people meant to keep growing this sport or keep getting involved in this sport? We always, there will always be speed. There will always mm. be speed. It's just, will this speed come into athletics or go somewhere else? You know, how yeah, well, well, the sport. I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, it's kind of like number one, when I used to look at the Olympic Christie as a kid, I wasn't looking at, I didn't, we didn't have social media, but I wasn't looking at cars. I was looking at his success on the track. That's what inspired mm. me, yeah? seeing him win gold medals for his country. Right? That's what got me into athletics. So, number one, if people were looking at any glitz and glamour, that's the wrong thing. You're not, you're not cut out for sport anyway. Yeah? You shouldn't even be looking at it, right? Um, and number two, it's kind of like, just if you just focus on the, your passion and focus on what you believe you can achieve, I'm not saying everyone can achieve what they believe they can achieve because it's tough. But if you do succeed in achieving it and you, and you like that stuff as well, which I mean, everyone likes a bit of money in their pocket, that will come. But you can't focus on that. Um, and again, it's kind of like, I just think the whole thing, the whole, the whole thing just needs to be brought down and rebuilt because... It's, it's, it, it, you, every kid gets into athletics because they love the sport and they love to compete and then when you do get to a sport yeah exactly because when you get into the system and then suddenly you realise that actually they're not really there to kind of support you they're there to provide their own company with jobs and have big wages so the reason why they're not going to put an individual into the even if you've got the A standard and you've earned your place for the Olympics whatever they might not even put you in that spot yeah, because they think, oh, actually, Robert James in 100, and even though he's run 10 this year, he's probably not going to get a medal at the Olympics, right? And actually, yeah, kind of ratios for our funding from UK sport, it's not going to look good because we sent so many athletes there who've come back with no medals. We're not going to get our funding for the, for, for the next four years. That's what I believe mm. it's about. So, I don't know, man. It's just, I think it's, you need to... It's actually not about the athletes. It's more about the people who no. you don't see on a day-to-day basis. Hundred percent, man. Otherwise, why is it? Why have we got a, a, a young British champion that couldn't get, was not individually funded? OJ, I mean, talking about OJ, why was he not mm. funded? Do you know what I'm saying? Why was James Asolu not funded after winning twenty in British champs in 2016? This is the second fastest British hundred meter runner of all time, and he's not funded. Do you do you also think that the way that British athletics like to portray athletes in the media doesn't help. Did that come through? Um, I don't know. I don't think they do enough. Do, do you know what like I think? Favoritism wise. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, if, if there is any of that stuff, which there is, I, I, I just think you kind of, Athletics ain't that sort of sport. You need to, like I said, you need to have it like the Americans. If you just leave the athletes to themselves to compete, mm. yeah, they'll create their own stars within the sport. Yeah, you don't need to nurture. There's no, there's no point nurturing a certain speed person because you've got a little agenda or because just leave everyone to evolve. If you let everyone evolve, then it's just going to create more success. It's going to be more competitive. 
it's going to be a tougher team and you're going to have better competitors. But when you've got like somebody going to a national champs and they have to, they have to make sure they get top two, otherwise they're not going to the champs. Or you've got a guy, another guy that's kind of, hold on, what's going on here? Yeah, I think everyone should just be in the same boat, man. simple. And then just leave it to naturally evolve. And that's, that's, that's the way you get more success and stuff like that. I think I, I completely agree. Like, you know, everyone gets into sports to solve, develop, see how far they can physically push themselves. And, mm. you know, if you get support on the way, great. If you don't, you're going to have to find a way to. I think a lot of okay, people exactly, that are running, exactly. a lot of people that are running 10 1, 10 2 probably have jobs because they can't get funded depending on what age, Ooh, age group yeah. they're in. Um, mm. And you're having to sort sort of deal with all that and you know work life and then training you know that's a full-time job and training mm. that's hard mm. you know a lot of americans mm. don't do that some americans do it in the mm. collegiate system but the collegiate system is different so the, i think in general the kid like the young the younger ones should just be all developed at the same time to all be encouraged and probably sometimes shuffle it around just mix it around so everyone can be in the mix. Because I think surely every year there's about 10 kids where you think, wow, these people are going to be up there. But if you mm. stick to that 10 kids for the next five years, it's not, it's not exactly realistic. Because then they, you're losing some other mm. people who are falling in the, in the tracks. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super tough. I mean, athletics <laughs> is a tough school, man. Like I said, it's kind of you've got to drive that passion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As I always say to people, what who who gets up and busts their ass on a track day in day out for no guarantee? When it's raining, when day. it's cold, <laughs> when it's cold, <laughs> no winter day. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I think I think I all of us are a bit crazy highly. anyway. I commend you guys. Yeah, when, when I was when I was doing track and field as a as a teenager. Honestly, that was the, that was like the nah. I don't have mm. that. I ain't got that drive mm. to be out here in in mm. minus degree weather and be training mm. and, and and I'm sitting there just slumped at the bus stop and the bus is just driving past because I ain't got the energy. <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I I didn't have it. So the, to the guys who who have it and they can push on mm. through day in and day out, eat every summer. Mm. Like, mm. well done to you guys, man, because it's not easy. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not easy at all. It is not easy at all, man. But. So, going forward, obviously, this year is a write-off completely. Mm. Um, does, I mean, I suppose in some sense it works for you because it gives you more time to get yourself um, into a place where you want to be. Uh, what are your mm. aims going forward? Just to kind of get my body right number one because without that I'm not going to do anything um, mm -hmm. and then just get ready for next year like you said it's, it's a blessing for me that it's been pushed back because it gives me more time to sort myself out so the next couple of months depending on kind of what's going on um, in the world hopefully um, it sorts itself out a bit and tracks and stuff might be open again and I'll yeah. just I'll tick, I'll tick over and stay strong for the next couple of months and probably start some sort of winter um, 
very early actually. I normally I normally yeah. start back late October, early November. Sometimes I'm, I was kind of a late one, but I think this year maybe late September I could start back. Um, just I don't leave no rock unturned, and I can go into yeah. the next year hopefully on a hopefully on a level playing field with everybody else, man. I like oh. that. I like that. I've got some quick fire questions for you. This is this is how I like to to um, end most most of our interviews. What is your favorite dish before before training, after training, and off season? Before training, off season, off season. Um, before training, I'll probably say something probably light, like a boring couple of boiled eggs and avocado, so I don't throw throw up everywhere. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> after training, you can't beat. I don't know. Good bit of chicken, man. So maybe some Nando's chicken or roosters. Actually, let's go. Let's go budget roosters chicken. If you know about roosters. <laughs> yeah, listen, roosters yeah, and peppers. The people need to not sleep yeah. on that. Trust exactly. me. Exactly. I think it's working on a budget. Man. Roosters is good. Yeah, exactly. Good wait, 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 wait. Roost. You're saying roosters is better than Nando's? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm not because maybe I'm okay. right here. I'm trying to get a sponsorship from Nando's in the future. So. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Price comparisons. Price comparisons. Roosters is good food for your buck. Um, right, cool. And and post season, um, I'd say probably a good old burger, man. I love I love a good burger. Five Guys burgers. Um, any burgers? Actually, no. I tell you. I tell you. No, I tell you. I tell you. In Shepherd's Bush Chicken Kitchen, they got a fried dumpling and jerk. Burger. Up to now, it's down the road for me. I've never been. What? <laughs> I've never oh, been. <laughs> but I'm gonna get, I'm gonna plug you in right now, yeah. On Instagram, follow Mess yeah. Burger. I'm telling you now, it's mess, one of the best mess burger. Mess Burger is one oh. of the best things you'll ever, ever, ever taste when it comes to a burger. Just letting oh, you know that oh. from now. Oh, what about what about in Dubai? Um, have you are like shawarma? Oh yeah, that's kind. Of, that's standard. That's everywhere. That's everywhere. Right? <laughs> yeah, love a shawarma. They got everything out here. They they got they got cheesecake factory. They got too many bad things out here that you just want to eat. Um What is your pre-race ritual? Uh, pre-race ritual. I normally do like a pre pre-meet warm up in the hotel if I'm in a hotel. Um, mm. I normally get to the track probably a couple of hours before the race. I normally sit down, listen to some hard UK rap or some drum and bass music. Right. Um, put my feet up and just visually focus, turn myself into an animal. That's me. All right. So next question. So is drum and bass and UK rap your favorite genre of music? Or does it vary? No, it varies. I like everything, but they're... Uh, they're like they they're good to get me hype. But when I'm when I'm at home and that, I listen to like soft music, I listen to like Celine Dion and stuff like that. Yeah. Swear down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, yeah. cool. I feel that. Um, yeah. What is your favorite holiday destination? Favorite holiday destination. Um, that's tough, man. That is a tough question. Um, Amsterdam and Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can, I can uh, Amsterdam. I can say, yeah, I've not been Jamaica yet, so yeah, it's, it's it's pending, it's pending. Yeah. Um, yeah. and lastly, to any young athletes that are coming up, what mm. advice would you um, give to them? Um, I'd say stay true to yourself. 
don't get caught up in the hype and know why you're doing what you're doing. If you're if you're if you're competing and doing it for the love of the sport and you want to be successful in competing, that you're on the right track. But if you're thinking about all the other stuff, any if you're thinking about money or any of that stuff, you're on the wrong track. So yeah. Or football. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah man. Actually I've got another question for you. I got one Go more. On. Would you like to see? Because everyone like, there's always these comparisons about how fast footballers are compared to to sprinters. Yeah. If if there was ever to be like a competition where they have their top five fastest footballers in the UK versus mm. the top five sprinters, would you would you take part in that? Of course, hundred percent. Listen, I'm 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 confident now. Yeah, with my brack up self that. I will be any footballer to 30 metres off a standing start now. It's not, it's, yeah. It's no comparison. The media gas it up, man. You know what it's like. It's a different speed, man. It's different speed. Of course, we, we know this. It. Yeah, we, we, we know it. this. But, but when they're, yeah. man, they're doing it and they're in their football boots and they're on, yeah, on grass and these things, I'm like, all right, cool. We'll take it to the track and, and let's see. Like, you know, Lee Valley's yeah. there. Palace is there. Birmingham's yeah. there. You've got all these yeah. places that you could go to. So yeah. I say they should make it happen. But yeah, man. Um, honestly, thank you for taking time out of your day to come on here. Um, no obviously, conditions-wise, it's not the greatest. Mm. But we will definitely get you on um, when things are back up and running in, in London. And we can sit down and have a proper mm. chat. All right, Appreciate man. it, man. Thanks, but, yeah, thank thanks you. again. Yeah, right. no Easy, man.